0: This is the Fed and Fit Podcast, starting your week off with motivational thoughts on real food and fun fitness activities with Cassie Joy Garcia and co-host Carissa Talbot. Remember our disclaimer, the information and opinions shared in this podcast are solely those of any given individual and not a substitute for medical advice. And here are the ladies. Today we're going to talk about a new nutrition seminar opportunity five sneaky everyday toxins and how you can avoid them, three ways I personally use bone broth, and two, total body exercise that you can do absolutely anywhere. Hey, Carissa.
1: Hey, (laughs) Cassie. How are you doing today? I am tired. I will just be honest. I am burnt out and tired. You are le pooped. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I am super excited to be here with all of you. So I will
0: say that I'm super excited to have you here. I was fully prepared to um, to to have to to wing it, so you could start on your vacation a little bit early. <laughs> Totally fine. Totally fine. Oh, that's great. Carissa, for those of you who don't know why she is so hooped, <laughs> um, just finished, if you saw that autoimmune wellness bundle, she was the little Oz behind the curtain that was helping to keep all the engines running constantly during that um, really intense five days. So yeah. thank
1: you for all of your hard work. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I got really... Um, good feedback from from everybody and it just and we we did really well and a lot of people are gonna have like so much information now in one place to really help them get started you know for those that have to look at the possibility of you know getting a little bit more strict with their eating to help them heal a little bit faster and it's totally. good. I mean, it's it's all over really positive, and I'm. I, it was a really good experience. And now I know. The thing is, when you go through something, whatever it may be, and it's just always, you're always learning, you know, whether it be mm-hmm. a relationship, a friendship, a work project, um, an event, whatever it is, like whatever you're doing, it's just, you just kind of have to be, grateful for the opportunity to figure out how to do it better if you decide it's something that you want to do again. So I'm, I'm feeling super, super grateful about the whole experience, but I'm just a little tired. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's really sweet. That's a great perspective. And I think it's, um, it definitely plays true to your character. So I'm excited for you. There's nothing Aww. quite like that feel that this is going to sound a little weird, and I don't mean it to the unhealthy extent, but you know that exhaustion you feel after you just push publish or send or you finish some major project, you kind of just are able to sit on the couch and just, you know, bask in that accomplishment. It's such a good feeling. So,
1: Or if you get finished with a wad,
0: you feel the same way. It's totally the <clears> same <throat> way. You know, mm-hmm. for those of you who did your Memorial Day Murph. Murph, Murph. <laughs> nothing nothing there's no feeling quite like the accomplishment of finishing murph so um, i did murph two years ago
1: i feel like i've done my duty don't really see me doing it again it might happen (laughs) one but yeah exactly exactly it's a different type of exhaustion but yeah it's that same like you get that and i did it Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) it's good that's Good. awesome. So Cassie, what is what is up with you?
0: Well, before we get to the meat of today's episode, I have two updates for you. Ooh. Um, first, the girly side. Wedding planning is going really well. Um, I'm still having nightmares that crazy things are happening. <laughs> My most recent nightmare was that I got to the ceremony and... <laughs> For whatever reason, we had not figured out what our party favors were going to be. And so instead, last minute, my very crafty sisters found these neon pink, hard plastic um, bow ties. And they gave one to everybody, including <laughs> all the women. So everyone was hanging out in these neon plastic bow ties, including me. Cassie, so- your
1: dreams are getting out of control, girl. You need to like... <laughs> Need to rein it in. I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah,
0: if anyone knows how to analyze dreams and um, pull some relevant, you know, useful information from that, I'm all ears. But so that aside, in in the real world, um, we finally picked a theme, and it's not neon pink bow tie. Oh, come on! Now that would be great. <laughs> would be. That'd be. It'd be one to talk about. Yeah. Um, because we're, mm-hmm. we're getting married in late October. We finally decided, because I have a hard time choosing colors, it's just too much pressure. I love all the colors. Um, <laughs> so we're going to just do fall harvest. And so we'll have pumpkins, especially because that's how Austin pr- proposed to me was on pumpkins. Um, and then other fruits and pomegranates and things like that for decorations. And I'm trying really hard not to DIY everything because that's so my nature. Yeah. Is, you know, is to want to like put personal touches on everything. Like if I could, if I could get away with it, I would want to make everybody dinner, you know, and still enjoy my <laughs> wedding. If I could do that, I would. Um But I'm eager to make some special stuff like I'm thinking um, like a pumpkin coffee cake in a jar as a thank you present with, you know, the recipe attached. Just add pumpkin and coconut oil and things like that. Um, That would be
1: really cute.
0: Isn't that cute? Mm -hmm. You know, and then maybe some paleo granola or something like that. And then I also want to kind of have a – I have a request for all of our listeners. If anybody listening knows a paleo-friendly wedding cake baker – in the Texas area, preferably, please let me know. Leave a comment, email me, whatever it is you have to do, send smoke signals, I'll get it. <laughs> um, we're, we've got some great gluten-free options where we are, but my first choice would be to make it totally grain-free, so right. that's what's going on in the wedding world. Um, in the not-so-wedding-related uh, world, <laughs> I am thrilled to finally tell you guys that I'm taking one of my offline projects. That I have been doing for years, and I'm opening it up to everyone. So
1: I'm really excited about this for you.
0: I think this is, I, you know, and I didn't realize what a need there was. Um, I almost feel a little selfish. I feel like I've been keeping it all to myself and just cherry picking opportunities, Um, but I didn't realize that there was such a need. So, if you're interested, what what we're talking about is um, I have years of experience leading nutrition seminars. And if you are interested in setting a nutrition seminar up for your company, your gym, yoga studio, box, you know, college or university, let me know. I have been selectively leading these seminars for a long time um, and I'm opening up my schedule to everybody. So, regardless of where you are in the world, I can come to you, <laughs> um, and we can work together to, to make a presentation that um, you really want your team to hear, and of course, it'll be revolving around um, the things that you know, the nutrition practices and lifestyle principles that I live and breathe. And if you listen to this podcast, you know what those are. Yeah. Um, so we already align. But um, everything from launching a nutrition challenge to just a workshop on the four pillars of health, like, I'm here for you. So reach out to me if that's something you're interested in. And like I said, I'm happy to travel anywhere. I really – I'm going to make some room in my schedule. And, I've, and I'm at a good time right now to do that. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. If that's something that interests you, I'm here for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Very exciting. Okay, Carissa, I want to know what you've got planned.
1: Well, as I try not to (laughs) yawn, I (laughs) am going on vacation by myself, and I'm not going to be on any form of social media. I'm leaving my computer at home. I am disappearing. (laughs) I'll see y'all later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that sounds great. I was telling Carissa before we got on the show, um, I've never taken a vacation by myself, and I know that she has in the past. And that just sounds so appealing. It's almost like I've never actually gone to a movie by myself. Get out! (laughs) Are you serious?
1: I'm serious. Oh my gosh! When I lived in Brooklyn, this was my every Sunday. I had my tradition where in the morning I would get my coffee. I would get on the subway and go into the city. I would walk around Central Park for an hour, sometimes two hours, just people watch. And then I would go um, take the subway to Times Square because there was like this really huge movie theater and it was like every movie you could ever want and there was always tickets and I would go there and every single Sunday, I would take myself to the movies. Um, this was before I was paleo, I would get a soda and popcorn And watch a movie by myself every Sunday. It was just, like, my thing I did. I don't know. It's so I don't know. I think doing things like I go out to eat by myself. I know that sounds really strange to a lot of people. But, you know, the nice thing is is I like hanging out with me. I think I'm a pretty awesome person. So (laughs) it's pretty – I don't know. It's not uncomfortable for me. I'm just so used to it um, because I've just kind of been – I don't know, I my mom she just raised me like super independent, like probably too independent. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like I now I love you know me I'm I love being around people I'm a ham and uh, being around people is great but sometimes uh, alone time I I put that at high value for myself.
0: That's for great. Sure. I mean that's definitely something that I can learn from, um, and I'm going to do it. I'm just like I made good on my promise to make my little water bottle sock bundles. That I'm, so have you handed I'm, any out yet? I haven't come across anyone
1: needing one. This is Murphy's Law. It is. It really Dang is. Dang it, Murphy. You're always <laughs> getting in the way.
0: <laughs> but they're in my car, and I'm ready to hand them out to anyone in need. Nice. And if you want to know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the interview um, where we had Ricky Mena, AKA Spider-Man on. Yeah. Um, but I will, I'll make good on this promise. I'm going to go to a movie by myself at some point in the next couple of weeks. And while I'll, I'm I'll... on my
1: vacation, you go to movie by yourself.
0: I will. I'm going to do okay. it. And I'm going to, I'm going to go see one that I want to see. Exactly.
1: That's the thing too. <laughs> Here's the thing about doing stuff by yourself. And it's a little selfish, but sometimes we all need like, it's okay to do things for yourself. If you, you go anywhere with somebody right then it's like oh oh I don't really feel like eating there what if you really wanted to eat there oh I don't really feel like doing that or this that another and most time I'm very like whatever one else whatever one wants to do I'm fine with because I can make anything fun and I'm Mm -hmm. okay like I just go with the flow but it is nice to take those times for yourself where you can be like I feel like sushi I'm gonna go eat sushi and you don't have to like run it past anyone or convince anyone else to go. You just go to Mm -hmm. Saoirse.
0: It's nice. (laughs) That's awesome. It's like, it sounds so silly, but that seems like such a whole new world. I constantly, I am, I'm a, maybe I'm just too dependent on company, you know? Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to take myself for out for dinner and a movie. There you go. Take yourself on a date. You'd be, you'd be a great, you'd be a great company i i I think I think I'd be pretty good company
1: <laughs> you would dress up very nice for yourself okay now we're taking this too far anyways but yeah uh, do, if any of you have not done some things by yourself independently, just go try it I mean it's it might be uncomfortable at first, but it's
0: actually really nice I think that's great. I'm excited y'all comment if you do it too let's I challenge everybody else who's listening who has never done something like that by yourself let's do it dinner and a movie solo yeah (laughs) I will be doing it all week on my vacation (laughs) awesome I can't wait to hear about it yes yes I'm
1: excited okay let's jump into today because I really um love this topic especially with what I'm drinking (laughs) at the moment which I'm sadly looking at saying this is probably the last time I'm going to drink you um so today we're talking about five sneaky, and they are really sneaky, everyday toxins um, and how we can avoid them. So I'm I'm super excited about this.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's like a fun little five cheat sheet. You know, there's a whole lot of other toxins out there, and it can be really overwhelming when you start to think about And the reason why these matter is because when you think about your total load, meaning kind of like what are you carrying around with you in forms of toxic buildup, exposure, all kinds of pollution, you know, the world we live in, it's just not necessarily – structured so that we're feeling awesome all the time, you know, and so what we're trying to do in this whole healthy lifestyle is to reduce that total load. We can't eliminate it all together because it's just not the world we live in, Um, but to reduce it and you can kind of choose powerfully how you can avoid some of those things. So you don't have any one straw that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. Yeah.
1: Well, let's get into these. Um, Okay, so... Our number one, and these aren't in any particular order, but no, just just these are our top five. So
0: whatever order. So number one is carrageen. Yeah, um, you'll also see it as is is it carrageen or carrageenan? Carrageenan, sorry. It's okay. You probably, you might have it right. I'm one of those people that I read the entire Harry Potter series (gasps) and mispronounced Dumbledore's name and I didn't realize it until I saw the movie. I was like, oh, that's how you say it. That happens a lot.
1: I think everyone kind of, there's certain words where everyone like sees it a certain way and that's just the way it is in their brain. It's really hard to like retrain.
0: Totally. I get it. Well, Uh,
1: somebody comment and tell us who's got it right. Whatever. Yeah, is it carrageen or carrageenan? I have We've, no idea.
0: I have no idea either. Okay, so... But we
1: do know some stuff about this thing, whatever the name is called. <laughs>
0: we do. We, However you pronounce it, we know all about it. Um, so what makes carrageenan... I'm just going to call it carrageenan. Go for uh, it. <laughs> what makes it a toxin is, you know, it's actually extracted... It's actually extracted from a kind of red seaweed, so you... say that it's natural. And we'll talk a little bit about what natural is in a little bit. Um, But it's widely used in the food industry for its gelling, thickening, and stabilizing properties. Um, And contrary to what you may have heard from a lot of other sources, it is not a known carcinogen, meaning a cancer-causing agent. Um, If you Google carrageenan, Right now, I guarantee you'll come across at least a dozen articles that are like these scare tactics. It's a carcinogen. Stay away. (laughs) Um, We're not, we kind of want to give you a more well rounded, honest uh, perspective. So, even though it's not a quote known carcinogen based on science, um, it is still important to be aware of it because its presence is known to cause inflammation and ulceration in some people. so it's found in, where carrageenan is found in our food sources, um, let's see, it's 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 a refined and extracted property from that algae. So kind of, if you want to think of it, if it's been through a process, it kind of becomes more non-natural. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's found in a lot of bottles of almond milk, coconut milk. Um, and even some prepackaged deli meats by even clean companies, quote, clean companies like Applegate. Yeah. Um, so I do know that I think that the Applegate Sunday bacon, at least the one that I usually buy, does not have carrageenan in it. But some of the other deli meats, I, I believe the roast beef has it in there. And it's actually listed on the ingredient label. So um, how we can avoid carrageenan, number one, just read the labels. Turn that food package over. Budget a good 30-minute longer to be at the grocery store so you can read everything. (laughs) Um, But it's generally listed. Now, I'm not, like I said before, encouraging you to go out into an all-out panic about carrageenan and avoiding it. But if you already have digestive issues, um, know that carrageenan has not been proven safe. Right, So we're kind of going on that guilty until proven innocent side of yep. um, food additives. So it's not been proven safe. There's some buzz around it being a carcinogen. It's just good things to be aware of. And it's in a lot of our even health foods. Like I said, almond milk, coconut milk, um, and then some of those clean deli meats. So if you're interested in learning more, I... Definitely do. Um, and I believe Carissa does. I, I usually totally agree with everything Chris Kresser says um, on most topics. And so we're going to link to an article that he has harmful or harmless carrageenan. So you can check that out if you want to learn more.
1: Nice. Okay. Number two, and we'll see if I pronounce this one right. <laughs> uh, it's ph- filetate. Am I saying that right? No, I You're don't close. think so.
0: Is phthalate phthalate? There, there's a lot of consonants in, in this word, and if you see it written out, it's p h t h a l a t e s, and this just looks like a total mouthful. It's Like you got oh too many gosh. teeth in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. It's All right. So what the heck is this stuff? Okay. <laughs> what is phthalate? It is a hormone disruptor. That's what makes it a toxin, meaning it can have adverse effects on. Um, a lot of – I mean, you just think about what makes your body go, metabolism, reproductive, um, all kinds of other – women especially identify with hormone disruptors. We can identify with what that means on a monthly basis, but um, it, it definitely throws a wrench in all of those systems. So um, phthalate is found everywhere in between plastic food containers. Phthalate helps make plastic more pliable. Um, so Bindi Plastic, for example, has usually has phthalate in it. It's found in air fresheners, cleaning products, body lotion, body soaps, and other beauty products. So how can you avoid this phthalate hormone disruptor? Um, I think it's a, this is where it really gets sneaky, Carissa. It's very sneaky. Phthalate does not necessarily have to be listed as an ingredient because it could be in the makeup of the packaging of whatever you're buying. Right. And even though it's not, you know, in the solution of whatever it is you're buying, like um, a body lotion, for example, um, it could definitely be in the packaging, which will leach its way into, um, you know, whatever's on the inside finding its way onto your body. Right. So... And here's the thing to remember as we're going through these two, like, like
1: Cassie said, we don't want you to like freak out and like throw mm-hmm. away all your stuff, but maybe it's just something where you're aware of it. And maybe when you run out of whatever you're using, then maybe you look into what other options might be out there for you that
0: are totally. a little bit healthier for
1: you. So, you totally. know, right.
0: Yeah. Take it, take it one piece at a time. I don't want to overwhelm you guys. Um, this is something that I still struggle with. I still have some plastic food containers in my house, although I've generally transitioned over. Um, and my cleaning products, I'm just slowly getting there. So do what's right for you. Yeah. Um, speaking of plastic food containers, so a way that you can avoid phthalate is. I suggest replacing those containers with glass ones. That's a really easy replacement. Go in, especially pull out your plastic food container drawer or cabinet in your house. And if some of those plastic containers that used to be um, clear plastic kind of look a little milky now, um, that's a sign that it's aged and some of those phthalate hormone disruptor toxins are like getting their way out of the plastic. Okay, so it's definitely time to replace those, and I suggest replacing it with glass. They'll last much longer, um, and they've definitely gotten more affordable as time has gone on. As far as air fresheners go, um, you know what? Toss those conventional air fresheners and maybe look into using essential oil diffuser in your house, um, home or car, you know, like whatever it is you where you use air fresheners. Look into an essential oil option or break out some old-fashioned baking soda to help absorb odors. Yep, yeah. I as... use uh,
1: my diffuser, uh huh, all the time, and I love it. I love the uh, there's an oil called purification, and it definitely just makes everything smell nice.
0: Definitely. There's a lot of essential oil. You know, I think there's kind of an evolving negative stigma around essential oils right now because there are some two mega companies out there that's kind of set up like a pyramid marketing yeah. firm, you know, and they just don't have the best connotation um, because of those really obnoxious marketing efforts. Yeah. All that aside, they're definitely a better alternative to the conventional air fresheners out there. Yep. So I'm, I'm not here to promote any one company, but I will say that I do use them on occasion. Yep. Um, okay, so other ways you can get phthalates out of your house, um, cleaning products. Take a look at your cleaning products. And, you know, like I said, they're not going to be listed on the containers necessarily. So you can just go with a really safe, company like there's one out there called branch basics and we'll link to everything that we talk about in this episode will be linked in the show notes Um, but that's an option out there our friends at primal palette bill and haley um, use them and swear by it and then as far as body lotion soaps and other beauty products go with brands that say they are phthalate free okay Um, so you want to just like see if that's written on the label slash just find a company that you trust two of them that i trust are Primal Life Organics and Fat-Based Skin Care. So Love check those. both of those. Love, Love them, them both. both. Yep. Great owners, great products. Um, I use a lot of those on a daily basis. Okay, moving on. Number three is
1: natural flavoring. So here's the thing. <laughs> I'm sitting here right now recording this podcast live with my friend Cassie and I am enjoying my most delicious coconut flavored soda water (laughs) and it's natural flavoring so Cassie what's the deal with this natural flavoring
0: okay so what makes natural flavor let me take a sip of this first (laughs) okay go ahead now I'm ready they're so much more delicious when um, you're unencumbered with the facts, aren't they? Um, I just got okay. to enjoy that last sip before you ruined it for me,
1: so <laughs>
0: go ahead. Okay, so the reason why I'm, going, I'm putting natural flavors on my list of sneaky toxins, even though they sound totally benign, quote, natural flavors, which is going to found, be found on the ingredient label of a lot of your off-the-shelf products. Natural flavors is a cloak for a lot of different things, and in order for something to be called a natural flavor um, on a food level, it has to be similar, closer, derived from a compound found in nature. Now, in actuality, if you read um, the government standards for a natural flavor, it's a really thin line between real foods and not real foods, so there could be real flavors, that are natural, and there could be also some not-so-good stuff. For example, gluten um, could be listed under natural flavors, or it could be included in that cloak. MSG could be in there. Soy carrageenan, which we already talked about, could be in there. It could. You could also be a cloak for essential oils, um, hydrolyzed vegetable protein, fruit extracts, and then other kinds of like lard, beef tallow, sheep lanolin, etc. All that could be included in there. And really, the reason natural flavors are used in off-the-shelf products is because it helps make sure that the flavor across all of the different batches of foods always taste the same or they have the same consistency. That's why they put them on there. Yeah. Um, where it's found, natural flavors, like I said, can be found on countless off-the-shelf products. And the way in my delicious soda water, in your delicious soda water out there, sparkling water, flavored (sighs) sparkling water. Um, I have this question pops up a lot, participants of my Fed and Fit project. Um, I say on there in on the enjoy all you want list for the first couple weeks is, um, natural, like the the natural flavor, meaning no flavorings of sparkling water. Yeah. And they're like, wait a second, but I love my strawberry lime sparkling water. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's 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 not on there. Um, I just recommend the way that you avoid it is don't buy products that list it. It's really that yeah. simple. Um, one product, for example, that you might have trouble with, Finding without natural flavor is mustard. It seems like a totally benign type of ingredient. You know, mustard should just be vinegar and ground mustard seed, you know, really if we want to get super basic. And I remember being really sad the first time I started reading all the mustard labels. I was like, bah, they all have natural flavors. What the heck? Um, And it's because of those stabilizing ingredients and also some of those extracts. So this is the reason why I and so many of my Foodie colleagues online and offline buy our condiments from companies that we trust, like um, the Primal Kitchen Mayo, we, we've talked about before on here. Mm-hmm. And then I also buy a lot of my dressings and sauces um, from Tessemes. I trust their ingredients. They use dates to sweeten things, which, you know, I don't always like my sauces that sweet, but at least it's safer than knowing that there's a natural flavor on there that could have MSG in there, which is going to make my heart race and I'm going to have a headache tomorrow. Yeah, um, exactly. So there you go. All
1: right, number four, <laughs> P F A O.
0: Close, P F O A.
1: Oh, see, I even said that wrong.
0: You Horrible. Need, you definitely need this. A vacation. Is I
1: need a vacation. I'm so tired. you can't okay. read straight.
0: Bless your heart. Um. Okay, so <laughs> P F O A, Stan, and P-F-O-A.
1: I'm P F O A. See, and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna get this one right. Nope, fail. It's okay. Okay, Chris is fired,
0: everyone. Chris is (laughs) fired. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're just going to be, I'm just encouraging your vacation. Um, (laughs) PFOA stands for perfluorooctanoic acid. Okay, now that's a mouthful, which is why we have PFOA. So, what the heck is it? PFOA is actually a known carcinogen and has been noted of having caused birth defects in. well, okay, known carcinogen and causes birth defects in laboratory testing of certain animals. Um, and then as far as human effects it has on humans, it's just, quote, most probable of a carcinogen and causing birth defects. Either way, I think that's definitely enough to sound... Scary stuff, Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of lawsuits out there around PFOA, um, and many of the large companies responsible for putting it out there on the market are under federal regulation right now to reduce the emissions. Um, but that does not account for what is already in our homes. Yeah. So where is it found? If you have a nonstick pan in your house that was built before this year, even if it was built this year, I almost guarantee it's got PFOA in it. Okay, and we're talking about Teflon nonstick. Um, It's also found in pizza boxes, stain-resistant carpets, carpet-cleaning liquids, microwave popcorn bags, um, and then, like I said, some of that cookware. So it's in a lot of stuff, and it's a pretty scary ingredient. So all that, you know, you hear people say that nonstick is bad because all of a sudden it starts to chip away and gets into your food. That's not only the reason. Sometimes these things that you can't see, like this, you know, perfluorooctanoic acid is getting its way out of the cookware and um, the pizza boxes and the popcorn bags into your food, um, and it's just not not good stuff. So the way to avoid it, investigate your carpet and cleaning liquids. Um, just look look for those words, ask really careful questions. Pop popcorn on the stove. If you really want popcorn, I'm not here to say that that's a bad thing. Um, If you really want some popcorn, pop it on the stove. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, And then as far as cookware, and if you are like, no, I've tried the the stainless steel cast iron enamel or enameled cast iron route and just doesn't work for me. I can't handle all the stickiness. um, Then try using ceramic cookware. That stuff is getting more popular and definitely more affordable, and it's a much Safer option for a nonstick, or you could just not cook.
1: Oh, <laughs> you could no cook that's, paleo that's like this right. person. You know, I mean, <laughs> who's got time for that anyway? So no, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, uh, moving along. Trying to make a quick one for you guys today. Um, mm-hmm. Aluminum number five.
0: Number five, aluminum. Okay, so what makes aluminum? And I, I have to try really hard not to call it aluminium because. <laughs>
1: I just think it's so much better. Hey, more. you know, at this point, we've screwed up everything. We can just keep on with the trend. It's all right.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I'm for it. Okay. So, what does <laughs> aluminum do? It and why is it a toxin? So, yeah,
1: it, what the heck?
0: <laughs> um, we're really going to zero in on the aluminum found in deodorant and antiperspirants. Okay. I'm not going to talk about how it. We interact with it in the rest of our lives. But we are putting, if you buy conventional deodorant and antiperspirant, and unless it specifically says aluminum-free on the little bottle thingy, uh, <laughs> bottle thingy, it's really <laughs> specific. Um, unless it says aluminum-free on there, it's got it in there. Um, so what happens is this aluminum in the deodorant enters the skin and it actually creates a physical block on your sweat ducts, you know, which is why it helps keeping keep you from sweating. And that aluminum accumulates over time. The accumulation of aluminum in the body, um, you know, in our arm, underarm area, um, has been linked to breast cancer and Alzheimer's disease. So pretty serious stuff. Um, I actually literally wrote an article all about how you can avoid aluminum. Um, and I'll link that to the show notes. It's my under my beauty pillar column um, on my website. But uh, I review everything from in there, how you can make your own deodorant from home, everything from that to purchase it from a, quote, clean company to buying off-the-shelf aluminum-free. And I also include a little disclaimer in there. You know, I'm not here to say that I don't keep a stick of it on hand. I do. I keep a stick of old-fashioned conventional um, antiperspirant on hand in case I'm, like, going on television and I'm wearing a silk blouse. You know, <laughs> like, there's there's some occasions, but it's the exception, not the rule. Right. Yeah, so. I, keep, I keep mine around if I have to go on a date. Yeah, there you go. Or, you know, maybe I'll wear some for my wedding. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, you never know. Okay, that wraps it up. So just to quickly recap, we're talking everyday sneaky toxins, carrageenan, phthalate, natural flavors... <laughs> PFOA and aluminum. Boom. Awesome. Okay, moving right along, we're gonna quickly do our fed and fit segment. We haven't gotten it to it in a while, so I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off with our fed portion. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk briefly today about how I use bone broth. Bone broth is such a um, headline grabber, both you know, in a good way and a bad way um, of late, and I definitely make mine on a regular basis. And there are three things that I do with it. Number one, and I make my bone broth usually in the slow cooker for about 24 hours. I will either use it right away in a soup. My favorite is a kale, sausage, and lemon soup. Mm. I make that a lot. Um, Number two, I will keep it in the pitcher in the refrigerator after I've, like, strained all the um, floaties out of it. I'll keep it in a pitcher in the refrigerator for my morning cup of broth. And really all that is, it's just a nice gut-healing mineral boost for the morning. Um, There's no, I mean, there's some other magical powers, but it pretty much sums it up. (laughs) Um, And then I will also, my third way that I will use bone broth is I will pour it into an ice cube tray for freezing and then once it's frozen I'll pop those cubes out I'll toss them into a bag in the freezer for future use and so that way whenever I need broth I can grab as much as I like you know and it's frozen and I can just toss it into the soup I don't have to use it all at once Um, or I'll take one of those little bone broth cubes and I'll put it in a bowl for Gus and I call him his pupsicles I never thought of doing
1: that I'm gonna have to do that for Pinto you want a pupsicle He's sleeping right now. He's it's like, I'm, like, I'm. you're dead to me. I'm sleeping. <laughs> he's like, don't bother me.
0: They love it. You know, I don't salt my broth um, until after, until I'm, like, cooking with it. Right. So it's literally just um, whatever has been extracted from the bones and, you know, other things that I'm using. And Gus loves that stuff. He sits there and he licks it. And he's <laughs> like, I feel so special. Um, That's so anyways, awesome. those are the three ways I use bone broth. Now, Krissa... I know you've got some really good stuff for our fit segment today. I do.
1: Even though I'm exhausted, I'm still going to give you guys two exercises that I really love and that I think are great that you can do this week. I'm not going to be doing them, (laughs) but it's okay. Um, Okay, so first one are up-down planks. So with this one, what you're going to do is you're going to start into your plank position, and that can either be on your toes or on your knees, just depending on where you are at fitness-wise. Make sure you're on your forearms. And then just think about pulling your core in um, and think about creating a straight line with your body. So you want to keep everything nice and tight. And then what you're going to do is come all the way up, one arm at a time, all the way up into a top of a push-up, and then all the way down back onto your forearms. And the trick here is to try to keep your body straight as possible, and try not to move your hips as much. You don't want to be over-exaggerating. You want to keep everything nice and tight, holding that core tight, and going slow. This is not a fast movement. You want to go nice and slow on these. Um, My second one that I like that's also another great uh, body weight is floor step-ups. So this is also great if you don't have equipment and you really want to get... um, a good butt and thigh workout and maybe you're just kind of over squats. Not that, I don't know how that would ever happen. I love squats. Um, but uh, floor step up. So you're going to start on your knees and what you can do is raise your hands all the way up overhead Um, This uh, helps engage your core, makes it a little bit more difficult. And then you just stand up one leg at a time, all the way up to a standing position, and then back down to your knees. Now, if you want to make this even harder, which is what I like to do, is you can hold weights at your hands at the side. If you want to make it even harder, you can use like a bar and hold it over your head, almost like you're holding an overhead squat position, Um, and then just do stepping up and down from the floor. It really is a great, great exercise. The thing that you can do with these is you can couple them together. So you're gonna do your up-down planks and then you do your floor step-ups. So I would say try three to five rounds, maybe 10 reps each and don't take any breaks. Just keep moving through both of these exercises and it's a great little workout. And again, it's nice, no equipment needed. You can do it in a small space. Um, and you know, get it done quickly. But it definitely gets your heart rate up and really helps work all of your body. So that's why I love them.
0: Awesome! Those sound really fun. <laughs> People make fun of me. I some listeners have been like, "You always say Carissa's workouts sound fun." I was like they do. <laughs> that sounds like fun. I, it's awesome. I will. I'll participate in that too. Okay.
1: So here's what Cassie's doing. So she's going to take herself to dinner in a movie and do my workout. Yep. Me, I'm going to do nothing. I will see y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to us again today. Um, really appreciate your support. I'd love to know what you think about this episode. If you like stuff like this, um as well let us know Uh, we appreciate the shout outs and always the reviews on itunes really really help us out a lot um you know there's some magic that goes into that so thank you so much for everybody who's already reviewed and thanks for doing it in the future um and we will be back again next week